This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode of Bushwick's Breakaway is brought to you by The Athletic. As you know, sports are back. I mean, that's why you're here, right? You've been watching the Ranger games, unfortunately, I guess, I think. Uh, you could get... 40% off on The Athletic right now. It's very easy. All you got to do is go to theathletic.com slash BSB. That's all lowercase, theathletic.com slash BSB. And you can get all the in-depth coverage from Rick Carpinello, Shayna Goldman, us, everyone else at The Athletic. Get everything you need to know about the NHL playoffs. It's 40% off. It's $3 a month. Cup of coffee. That's all it is. Uh, theathletic.com slash BSB underscore. All right. We cover everything from the first two games and also the exhibition game for the versus the Islanders. We go through literally every player. Um... Not exactly the best showing for the New York Rangers, but it's good to see hockey, but I don't know how good it is. All right, here we go. BSB OT, some number. Uh, We are taking a week off from the final episode of recording Vancouver versus New York Rangers, 1994 Easter Easter Stanley Cup finals, um, kind of rewatch we've been doing. Take some time to just kind of put a bow on what we just saw of what I would guess would call Rangers hockey. And of course... At least I forget, Gregory. I'm celebrating my birthday by talking to you on a Wednesday night on a podcast. So, how are you doing? Hey, I didn't tell you to celebrate your birthday like this. That that, that was a independent move of your this own. This is an obligation. You know, I do it for for the brand. Is that what the the, the kids say? Do it for the brand. I think so. All that right. sounds accurate. Um, or at least accurate enough where people will think you know what you're talking about. I think that's the whole point of podcasting: is being accurate enough so people think you know what you're talking about. Um, hmm. let's just get to what happened, right? In the Ranger series and just in general. So game three happens last night. Rangers come out and they look like an entirely different team. Not even close to what happened the first two, uh, first two games were. I think we did a pretty good job on Monday night just describing exactly what happened in, with each player. And, you know, kind of, just, we weren't really disappointed. We just got outplayed, right? So in this game, the Rangers come out pretty hot. I would say they played with a sort of fire underneath them. And I, I would say one of those players that was doing that was Chris Kreider. Um, and he had some really pointed comments after the game. But the first period, and even the second period, I thought the Rangers played pretty particularly damn well. Now, they didn't get they didn't put the puck in the fucking net when it mattered. Uh, when Reimer was making some ridiculous saves that I, he has no business making, but turned into what I would call Jimmy Howard at MSG um, the entire night. And then by the third, it just became that same old story, Gregory, that same deflated Rangers team who's just less talented than the Carolina Hurricanes. It's not even a debate, not even a discussion at this point. And they kind of went out with a whimper. Is that sort of what your take was on the entire game too? Because that's that's where I'm at. They played hard. They played for Igor. They went out with a whimper. Then Tony Tony D'Angelo and Jacob Truba got banished to the Shadow Realm, and the game was over. Uh, more Tony than Jen Truba. I will defend Truba. As I as I have been You've all been year. You've been apt to do. Uh, I, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't a great play, but at the same time, it's not like Truba didn't have a guy that could have picked him up in that moment, and we right. witnessed this whatever. If there is a soul in Tony D'Angelo's body, we witnessed it leave his body. So now we know for sure there's nothing really in there except just a whole lot of nothing. Uh, the first two periods were definitely 
what I think we were expecting the New York Rangers to play like in this series. <laughs> Can I just interrupt you uh, for a second? I, I, I know say... you're going to go on something here. A bird just flew into my window. Like, oh. <laughs> happy birthday. Like, I heard a dunk. Just, everyone, like... Everyone's about you. So, yeah. on Monday, it was me reacting to Mike Soroka's torn Achilles, which yes. is exactly what it was. And now it's you reacting to a bird flying into Just straight into my window. That was very strange. All right. Um, yes. Well, that, hey, man. Congratulations on having the really clean windows. Yeah, I guess so. New apartment. All right. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. That was so fucking weird. Uh, keep going. Yeah. Well, that, I was just saying that the first two periods against the Hurricanes is how we expected the New York Rangers to play on a nightly basis. And at the same time, the outcome of the game, I think, is what we were expecting uh, heading into game three anyway. Like, yeah, yeah, the Rangers were playing Agreed. better, but they still weren't the better team. And there's there's no question in my mind, the better team won. So I it's it, it's a little deflating how the Rangers played the first two games, and it's always frustrating that, for whatever reason, when Henrik Lundqvist is in goal, it seems like the New York Rangers play one way, and when literally anyone else is in goal, they play a completely different way. It, it's inexplainable. Uh, it It's frustrating as all hell. It's been the trademark of Henrik Lundqvist's career which makes him so special but we can't sit here and the best team won it, it's that simple what should it have been a sweep probably not the whatever the hell happened where the puck magically didn't go in when Reimer and seven so, somehow seven talk about hurricane that? defenders filled the crease is that like you know I don't really maybe I'm messing up like is it legal to just put four bodies in in, in the net because that's how I felt like happened yeah. how, why why wouldn't it be legal I guess like why aren't we doing that more often you know let's just put bodies in the net they can't score I mean the Rangers can't defend one on one so they might as well just stack the crease that's what I'm talking that, about like, yeah leave leave Panarin out there as the one roaming skater so that's when it. he gets control of the puck. The guys can stand up from the crease. Maybe and start if, you, if you stack Mark Stahl, Brendan Smith, and Tony D'Angelo on top of each other, maybe they can make a stop. I just think that's it. Perfect. Was honestly my favorite part of the game. It's it's a shitty game, but my favorite part of the game is realizing that the unlocking Brendan Smith's abilities be all by just <laughs> taking away his stick, and then trying to do the same thing with Mark Stahl and realizing that nothing in the world could help Mark Stahl. Well, I mean, they uh, should it, have given him a stick. They didn't. They let they let Mark out to drive. What, what would the stick have done, Ryan? He was standing there like a statue the entire time. Stick or no stick, that goal is getting scored. Yeah, well you knew as soon as the stick broke from Mark Stahl, that was it, right? Like everyone everyone who was a Ranger fan knew that was gonna be a goal from the start. Like you saw they're like Mark Stahl's without a stick, and then ninety seconds later he still didn't have one. That was it. it. We were cooked. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it's less stick for Mark Stahl and more walking cane. So as soon as he's oh, man. Mark without it, he can't move on the ice. On this podcast. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, well, if he could get out of the way of the train, Ryan, he wouldn't get railroaded, but he doesn't fucking move. Yeah. Well, Brandon Smith became a train for like one second when he hit uh, Shvetskov. Uh, yeah, yes, just destroyed him. But that was the smartest play Brandon Smith had made all series. It was a clean, hit, open hit. Um, It was definitely a very hard hit. But other than that, like Brandon Smith was getting worked all night long, just all night. He's just not a good enough defender. That's it. He just needs to play, play without the stick. It, 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 it grants him more freedom for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Allows but... him. Speaking of yeah, playing and, with... and the difference. So Smith, Smith had the massive hit in game one as well, but that hit led to a two on one the other way. The difference here is Smith completely takes the player out of the play and Truba was already back, ready to help him, to allow him to, to do that. So it's 
we can't sit here and it, I don't want to sound like we're applauding the big hit in both instances because one instance literally almost cost the Rangers a goal. This one, the Rangers defensively were structured where laying the big hit was the right play, especially considering Smith going back without a stick against Fetchnikov. Forget about it. He's going to get worked. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. The Rangers, it was nice to see the Rangers create some scoring opportunities. It was nice to see Chris Kreider listen to our podcast on Monday, took it personally and did something about it. Uh, but the better, the better team still won. There's no question in my mind. No. Yeah. I thought Kreider had some really telling quotes after the game. Um, one of them, this is, uh, I believe Dan Rosen of NHL network had this quote out there from Kreider. Anytime we're out hitting the team we're playing, we're doing something wrong. And I thought that was like, Hmm. Like he's, he, he pretty much said, we thought the playoffs were a blood sport and we were out there running around to hit instead of playing the puck possession style that we play. Um, I guess one of my questions is, have you ever thought the Rangers were a puck possession style team? Like this entire season, because I really never felt like they were like the a coursey a coursey squad. They've never sort of been that. Um, no, but they're also a transition team. And That's they, what I'm saying. Yeah, they weren't one. They weren't allowed to play transition hockey out of the out of the gate. The Hurricanes did a good job of shutting them down in that regards, and. Instead of the Rangers, the Rangers, instead of adjusting, got frustrated. And I think that's what Chris Kreider is talking about. I don't think Chris Kreider is necessarily saying the Rangers need to have 60% possession in order to win. It's that something was clearly not working from the jump. Uh, the Rangers got frustrated. What they chose to do with that frustration is try to lay hits as opposed to adjust to how the Hurricanes were playing them. They made the wrong adjustment. They, they got frustrated and aggressive as opposed to actually diagnosing the problem and trying to fix the problem. So I, I, when Kreider says that, I don't think he's trying to, he's, he's not trying to tell us that the New York Rangers, despite every advanced metric that you could possibly look at, and not even the advanced metric, just basic time of possession stats, the Rangers are never a team that is going to have more than 50% of the puck. But what Chris Kreider is saying is as soon as the Rangers were taken off their game, they adjusted in the wrong way. And they did and it was out, it was obvious because the Rangers got worked in the first two games. And then when they'd made the proper adjustments in game three, it they just couldn't break through. No. And it's it, simple. It seemed like every time there was like a high scoring chance this entire series, I with the exception of maybe the Mika breakaway, and obviously when Chris Kreider scored, which was um, a very exciting moment, and maybe the only exciting moment for the, for the series outside of Kako's bright spots for the Rangers. It just was with the wrong player taking the shot. Like it was Brandon Smith. It was Brett Howden. It was people you really didn't want. Like, hey, this is the, one of the most crucial shots of the game. And then Tony D'Angelo had, you know, you know, all, all personality traits of Tony D'Angelo totally aside, the worst three games of his Ranger career. Like, those advanced stats have him as, like, the worst player on the ice by far. By the way, Sebastian Ajo, I believe, like, the second highest game score ever in a playoff series or something like that. Ridiculous. It's, yeah, was pretty good. Yeah. Shame on the Canadians for thinking they could get him for $8 million a year. Right? Come like, on. Honestly, shame. For shame. Because all it did was give the Hurricanes this juicy, easy contract that they could match. And now Sebastian Ajo is locked up on a team-friendly deal for the next five years. Like, if you're going to offer sheet someone, fucking offer sheet them. Don't half-ass it with this nice, good try, good effort bullshit. Because all you did was make the Carolina Hurricanes' life easy. I feel bad That's for it. Ajo a little bit. I mean, I don't really feel that. He's bad underpaid. For him. He's but he's, un- he's underpaid. underpaid for sure. 
Yeah, sure. he's 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 gonna make eight and a half million dollars a year for the next four years, and he's gonna be underpaid. Dude's, each a, and every dude's one an eleven years. million dollar player, that's for sure. That guy's a monster, yeah, dude. Fucking Canadian, stupid Mark Bergevin, jerk. So the Rangers I'll, now. I'll say it to his face too, even though he could kill me with a fucking handshake. Probably. <laughs> Does he need that much? Probably not. Um, it's he's a big boy. Yeah, he, he's 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 got he's got he's got a swell on for sure. I the Rangers go into such an interesting period here, and I I think we should save all the future questions, sort of for next week when we the future. Yeah, you know when we talk we about to, the Rangers. so we can't record on Monday until after the lottery, right? Like, there's no point of us. Yeah. There's jumping no, on here until the lottery happens there's literally no point it's on monday correct yeah all right so yeah um yeah. it's on the 10th so yeah we'll be doing a, a I, I don't even know what time it is but we'll do a late podcast no big deal my my guess is it, well it's the nhl it might be noon. It, it could they be might, they it, might play it dumb it could be nude uh, who knows my guess is just seven o'clock for anything but i guess we'll just get hey, one in eight chance maybe let's get yeah, let's get this out of the way now okay. if if it's not the New York Rangers, who do you want it to be? Who do I want it to be or who do I not want it to be? Who do you want it to be? What's your preferred destination if it's not the Rangers? Obviously, we don't know who's going to be in the top eight yet, but I'm just – those series are still happening. But I'm just, just – I was just I mean, sitting here and thought be, about this today. Uh, it would be poetic if it was the Canadians. I don't – I don't want it to be the Canadians, but it wouldn't anger me if it was. That's where I'm at, I, too. It feels right almost yeah. if it's not the Rangers. Uh, Winnipeg would be fun. So just how many, how many good offensive weapons can you put on one team? The reason why it's good for Winnipeg is because it's kind of like the rite of passage way. I mean, their ball was the specific ball that was selected in this draft. Yeah. So it would be, you know, kind of the right thing, like makeup, like, Hey, it would have been your first overall pick, but at least here you go. You got it. You know, that would be yeah, a I, nice thing. I, the, the, the idea of the Canadians getting number one is nice, but I just I hate so much about French Canadian Canadian fans that I don't want them to be happy. Yes. So I like there's a from a Rangers perspective, it, I won't really care if the Canadians win the lottery. But from a fan base personal enjoyment aspect, no, I don't want them to win. Probably Winnipeg's just like the safest place. No one has a negative opinion of Winnipeg. Our good friend oh, Marat, Marat writes the best. for Winnipeg. Like I would be thrilled for him more we, than anybody else. Yeah, because we get to talk to him all his, more. It's him, fun. Him being happy is more important than me being happy in some regards, because he's just the greatest human being to ever exist. So nice. Uh, so I, I would say Winnipeg is probably who I would root for. Uh, but just about any Western Canadian team. Yes, yeah, like the Wild. The Oilers, I would like the Wild Arizona. You know, the Wild are in Minnesota, which is America, though, right? Yes. You know that? Yes, I, you did okay. say Canadian. That's because I said Western Canadian. I heard Western. And you immediately went to the Wild. I heard Western slash Canadian in my dumb brain. Um, no, like yes. the flame. Like if the Flames win, cool. I have I have no opinion there. Good for them, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I. If he goes anywhere in the West, as long as it's not Chicago, I'm pretty uh, or Edmonton, just because uh, Edmonton, stop fucking it up. You need to be punished at some some point in but time. Places that can't get the number one so overall pick, and I feel like should be totally denied the, the chance. Edmonton, Chicago, Pittsburgh, and for me personally, the Islanders, even though they probably have a fair shot at it. Oh, and the Leafs, no way, no way. No. Uh, you know what's funny? I'm okay with the Leafs no, getting. No, not really. I'm confident it would. No, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it because I think they'd screw it up. 
they'd take the right player, but it would adding another great player to that team somehow would screw up team chemistry a little bit. Even more I than think, it's already people, screwed because it's been a terrible year for them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like total chaos. I, I the the Leafs would have no excuse not to win all the time. So them not being able to win still would be somewhat enjoyable for me. That's fair. I uh, mean, when they when they have such talent that they have now and they can't win series easily, like obviously their series right now is 1-1, um, but that could change very quickly. Yeah. East, Eastern Conference teams that I feel are harmless when it comes to getting number one. If Florida gets it, good for them. Good for Who them. Cares? Who cares? They don't even have fans. Sunshine, Florida. Uh, actually, just Florida, I think, is the only Eastern Conference. Well, and again, Montreal, but really Florida. Like, if, if an Eastern Conference team is going to get the number one overall pick, just let it be the Panthers. Because what is what is he really going to do? Nothing. I, I would feel bad for him if he was a Panther. I'd be like, wow, no, no one... Could... You know, the funny thing is, he'd be playing with Ekblad. He'd be playing with... I mean, Bobrovsky isn't what he used to be anymore. Even just last uh, year, yes. They have... Like, Florida is actually really good, but nobody cares. Not a soul. What about the Blue Jackets? Would you be upset if he was a Blue Jacket? Florida. Blue Jackets would be scary. I don't know if upset's the right word. Maybe more frustrated. Yeah, I think so too. But not a, like not like I wouldn't be vis- like I wouldn't be viscerally angry about it. I also don't think Torts is the guy that uh, an 18-year-old <laughs> rookie should be playing for anyway. Yeah. So from an on-ice performance standpoint, it wouldn't totally put fear in me cuz I think I think Torts would play him on the fourth line for an entire year. Um it wouldn't be ideal, though. That's so many good young players on a team that's already so young and so good. I know. Chicago, I just can't have it. I know they're not Eastern. I just can't. I can't. And the I'd pe- be annoyed. Like, Same. grow the fuck up, Chicago. Yeah. You, you, don't, you, good things, you don't deserve good things anymore. You won a couple cups. You have a douchebag on your team. It's over. You, you have all these bad old contracts that you can't get rid of. You, you, you have to suck for a couple of years. You need to pay the price for your success. So, no, Chicago doesn't get number one overall. That's cheating. Yeah, I agree. I hope they rig it for Montreal or New York. That's it. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Um, or just just give it to Winnipeg. Seriously. Like, for real. give Winnipeg the do-over. Yeah. Give it to Winnipeg. I'm, I'm totally fine with Winnipeg if it's not the Rangers. Grab your peanuts and popcorn. Baseball is back. That's right. The boys will be getting right back on the diamond this week. And while we may not be able to join them in the stadium, there is plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your home. There is no better place to get in the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To celebrate baseball coming back, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering free bets for every home run your team hits. Taking advantage of a Grand Slam offer is easy. All you have to do is place a pre-game bet with at least $25 on your home team, and for every home run they hit in that game, you get $5 worth of free bets. Additionally, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering all new users a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't worry if baseball isn't your game. DraftKings offers great odds and promotions on sports ranging all the way from MMA to basketball. DraftKings Sportsbook is U.S.-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Plus, it's easy to deposit and withdraw your funds wherever you want. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code QUICK when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code QUICK. Get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKingsSportsbook.com. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey only, bonus compromised of first deposit bonus and first bit match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back to the show. 
what, if you if you get the number one overall pick, and I saw this floated out by my favorite uh, Twitter follow, Hockey Statminer, would you trade for three and five with the Ottawa Senators? No. no. What makes you say that? Just because the talent is just too much, probably? Yes. Okay. Um, I just think there's yeah, a lot I, of value I, in doing that. I know no team would ever do it, right? Like, is there any team that... Is there any team that could get the first overall pick that would even consider doing that? Here's here's the thing. I don't know if either I don't know if either team would think about proposing it. Because hmm. I, I don't think the Senators would want to give up three and five, and I don't think whoever wins the lottery would want to give up one. It's such a loaded draft, and three and five is that's so tasty. Yeah, but it, it's not like I know I know there's gonna be some buzz about Byfield, and I, I think it's totally warranted. It there's nothing against Quentin Byfield in a normal draft year, he's the number one overall pick. Yep. I just it's it's a draft class with a can't miss prospect, and I don't think you trade the can't miss prospect for two guys that you think are also can't miss, but the odds are still that much lower. Yeah. So it's I I personally just I like in theory in theory we're we're value boys. We've always been value boys. We love it. I. It's we love doing it in every sport. We've talked about it multiple times. There's obvious value in going back to three and five in a draft class like this because you're you're guaranteeing yourself two more bullets in the top five. And while neither of the player neither of the players you're acquiring may be as good as one, both of them are still going or have the opportunity to be very, very good. But I, I, I think it's that last thing that I said is the reason why I don't do it. I it's 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 not like there's I, I just think Lafreniere is on his own tier. And I, I think our, our good friend Drew Way would probably agree. I think a lot so of people have Byfield close, at least from what I've read. But I don't yeah, think... Yeah, it's not like a Grand Canyon between them. It, mm-hmm. It's probably it's probably closer than what Hughes and Kako was, really, right? But it's still a gap. And when there's a gap like that... And then, by the way, I think, I think that Byfield himself is on his own tier. So you're basically trading out of one tier to go two tiers lower. And while you can get two, again, very good players at three and five, just when you have number one and it's, if you're the Rangers specifically, right? So it's not even like they don't have that many, they have holes they need to fill, but they're not holes they can fill immediately with prospects. So when you have such a deep prospect pool that the Rangers already have at that point, you should just be maximizing your top end talent. Go out and get the best of the best. Don't worry about trying to make a thin prospect pool deep because the Rangers are already deep. Just go get the best guy. And if you get number one, I think that's the best guy. And at the same time, again, the Senators are so far away from being competitive. I think it's more advantageous for them to have three and five because they can get guys that can cook for a while. Right. And they next year is going to be a throwaway year for them. No matter what they have to get to the cap floor. They're going to probably take on some bad contracts. Rangers might be playing into that. Maybe Brandon Smith goes that way. Who knows? Right. Like think, think about it. Think about it from a, uh, a service time manipulation standpoint. If you're the Ottawa senators, if you draft, if you trade up to one and you draft Lafreniere, he has to play. You have no excuse, but to play him at the NHL level. If you draft whoever you want to draft at three and five, maybe you can make a manipulation argument where they need another year to cook and you don't have to bring them up right away. It's probably hard to make that um, argument, but say they take someone like Stolzl, right? Yeah. Who plays in Europe mm-hmm. and the European season starts earlier than the senators would. Now the senators have a built in excuse to be like, we can kick this entry level contract one more year down the road. 
and we're not going to be good next year anyway. So why would we want to burn that entry level year on someone like Stutzel? Uh, and like, if you're the Rangers or if you're any of these teams that are currently playing in the playing series, I think you want the kid that could immediately slide into your lineup, especially if it's a position of need like it is for New York. Absolutely. So it's wingers are desperately I, I think, needing right now. Yeah, I think I think from the Rangers' standpoint, their prospect pool is already ridiculously deep. So why are you worried about adding two more bullets when you're already adding one significant bullet? And oh, by the way, you have another first round pick coming in this draft class anyway. And then if if you're the Senators from a I just I don't see the benefit from a senator standpoint of trading up to one. They need so much help that Lafreniere is not going to be able to do it himself. No, it's such a I, I would guess I think they would do it if you had a gun to their head, like, would you trade for Lafreniere? I, I, I think really they would. Don't think, I really, really don't think they would. Really? I really don't think they would. Well, they are the Senators. I think they'd much rather fair. have the two than the one. Hmm. This is the same organization that traded Eric Carlson. You're going to tell me yeah, you're right. that they would trade up for the one piece? They kind of made the right choice by trading Eric Carlson. Yeah, they did fine. They didn't get as much as I thought they would for him, though. No, they did not. And they didn't get enough from Mark Stone either, in my opinion. Um, but Mark Stone is underrated. Uh, they, Mark Stone's closer, though, because Branstrom's really good. Right. Right, but he's still an absolute bona fide superstar. And I feel like if the Rangers could have done that trade, they probably would have, right? For Mark Stone? Like, how could you not? Yeah, but I... Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just going to stop there. Yeah, all right. Um, so I guess we find out Monday. Next time you hear from us in the podcast, we'll be talking about if the Rangers have the first overall pick or if um, we're going to be picking elsewhere. But we won't really know where our, all of our picks settled until the Leafs and the Carolina Hurricanes are eliminated. Um, last night I was like, oh, good game, uh, Canadians, not Canadians, wow, um, Hurricanes that just wanted, just fucking destroyed us and, you know, go as far as you can. And then I realized, like, immediately after people started yelling at me, like, hey, we have their pick. We don't want them to win the cup. So I, it sucks to, like, I kind of like that Canes team despite them destroying us. They're fun and they're, like, fun to, they're, like, just a fun team to watch and they're aggressive and they have a lot of fun players. But, man, I, it's going to be hard to root against them, especially in the next round, uh, would they might possibly play Boston? Boston, by the way, a team that is just eating shit right now in these play-ins. Even though I don't really understand why we're doing the play-in games, is it to like get some reps in for these higher seed teams? It, it's well that, and technically it is for seeding purposes. But I think seems silly. A team like the Bruins, when you're a veteran team, I think they're specifically just using it as exhibition games. Um, yeah, it's weird as a Ranger fan. We now we're now in a position where. We need the Maple Leafs to lose sooner rather than later. Right. But since the Rangers are still getting the later of the two picks, so you still need the Hurricanes to lose too. Yeah. So like you need you need the, either you need the Leafs to lose to the Blue Jackets or in the next round, and then you need Boston to beat the Hurricanes if they end up playing the Hurricanes. Yeah. Because then you're that's the absolute best case scenario the draft pick can be at that. That's point. that's optimal, and that's that's really all you're gonna get. How are your, what are your feelings on Monday? Do you feel good about it? Do you think, do you think there's even a shot? Like, are you even entertaining the idea of, of getting the first overall pick? Honestly, uh, I've been so beaten down by those three Ranger games and just the continuous stream of just red hot diarrhea that the Mets are throwing in my face on a nightly basis. Yep. Uh, I, I have no hope for anything anymore. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm, this is, 
sports coming back has not been great. I <laughs> thought it would be like a nice distraction. Yeah. And instead, it's like it's been a lot worse it's for you. As if it's as if the Mets are making up for lost time and the Rangers too for just the frustration that would have been dragged out for the four months for the start of the Mets season and the start of or the rest of the Rangers season and the start of the preseason. Like that four months has been condensed into ten days. And it's not a fun time. No. So it's like, I'm not 100%. I'm sure I'll have a better idea of how I feel about the lottery when I know the other teams involved in the lottery. Because right now with the Rangers being the only team, my only the only way my mind works is, well, we're the only team eligible. So therefore, it is ours. We should have gotten dips because we were the first to re-enter the <laughs> Listen, we suck the most. Everybody else. That's it? Yeah, it should, it really they really should have they really should have said the odds for the first pick are actually staggered and it's whoever gets eliminated first gets the best odds. I understand why they didn't do that, but for me, the person who has been eliminated first and is now eating sour grapes, I want better odds than 12-5 because I am here and no one else is. No one's come to my party yet. The RSVPs are out I'm, and we've gotten a lot of Facebook maybes. I'm out and alone. Um yeah, like I'll I'll have a different opinion when it's like the Canadians, the Blackhawks, the Maple Leafs, the well, it can't be the Penguins if the Canadians are in it. Right. But like if, if there are if there are seven other teams that I just viscerally hate that are now in the lottery with the Rangers, yeah, I'm gonna have different thoughts on it. But <laughs> it's really hard for me to sit here right now when the Rangers are the only team in the mix for the pick to say how I feel one way or the other. I just assume it's the Rangers pick. We got here first. Earliest start Dips. date for the, for the NHL is probably just December is what they've said. I'm going to guess it's January next year. Uh, the cup is handed out on October 8th, I believe, something like that, October 6th. Um, let's say they start in January. From today, the date of this recording is 150 days until the next time we see the New York Rangers play. Awesome. We, By the way, the last time we saw the Rangers play, 143 days. So we're back to quarantine, Gregory. Here we are. We made it. We spent four days covering the Rangers, and now we're back on our bullshit. Um, I guess that's it yeah. for well, us. This is, well, yeah, this is kind of where we – the bullshit is where we thrive. That's right? It'll be fun, though, uh, because there'll be – we'll have a lot of draft to talk about. We'll have a lot of uh, offseason. There's so many hypotheticals. Like, I, uh, I've been thinking about all day what's going to happen with Hank, what's going to happen with Tony, what's happening with Strom, what decisions are Gordon going to have to make, is anyone going to get traded, is Booch going to end up getting re-signed after next year. I have a lot to talk about, and I want to save that for the many, many weeks we have to record. But – I hope uh, I wish us the best of luck come Monday night, Gregory. I hope we get the first overall pick. I won't be that upset if we don't. I feel I don't feel I felt it in my heart in the Kako draft. I really did. I I felt I was like I have a I have a feeling. This one I don't feel it at all. And I hope. Oh, that, you say, so you're saying you're not you're not cooking up another website that I know, you're going to try to blindside nope, me with? Nope. I got nothing going on. Nothing. Um, I'm just trying wow. to survive. So, um, but I, I I will look forward to your synagogue when you when you do launch it. Yeah, I got it. The thing that stinks is um, it doesn't stink, uh, but synagogue-related puns work a lot better with Quentin Byfield than they do mm. Lafreniere. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, Byfield is just a name that 100% works better with the traditional Northeast American synagogue name. Like the synagogue I attended when I was growing up was either. Uh, the first one I attended was called Temple Bethel in Norwalk, Connecticut. Shout out, represent. The second okay. one was really boring, and it was just the conservative synagogue of Westport. Okay, very nice. And then, yeah, so it's 
but Temple Bethel is like there are a lot of those in Northeast Connecticut. So it's like there's Temple Beth Israel. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. So it's Temple Byfield. Like, yeah, this is yeah, it's very yeah. Easy. It would have worked a lot better with Byfield than Lafreniere. Yes. La, like Lafreniere is tough. Not a not a whole lot of French Canadian synagogues that I've been able to visit in my life. You see. So I don't have the experience when it comes to French-sounding Judaism. I don't think, but, don't think a lot of people uh, do, Greg. So I'm sure there's some out there, but it seems like a, uh, a niche crowd. So yeah, the French don't really like us. So uh, <laughs> On that note, it's not great. we're done here. Uh, this has been fun. On Monday night when we record, we'll know where the Rangers are going to be drafting. We'll talk about that on the show. We'll be back next week, and next week we'll do the Game 7 Vancouver Rangers. See you guys then. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.